Tim for a long time. Amy and my wife Amy and Tim went to high school together years ago. And um, my wife and I started uh, Abundant Life Bible Church in 2007. I think it was about a year later that I heard Tim Daring was in the area. And um, I just, he was an acquaintance then. Uh, so we met up and just rekindled that friendship. And um, it's been a real life-giving, wonderful thing. And it's been so great to get to know a lot of you in this congregation. And um, really appreciate the ministry of Netzer, which I know you all know about. And um, uh, just to share briefly about myself, I'm pastor of Abundant Life Bible Church in Trap, Collegeville. It's right along Main Street there. And um, I have a wife, Amy, of 15 or so years, and um, have three kids, Wesley, Zachary, Lily. Wesley turns 12 this month. Now, yeah, it's November now, so he turns 12 on the 19th. Zachary is nine, Lily is six, and um, they're all kind of wild, love them to death, they're sweet kids, and um, they're all back at Abundant Life Bible Church this morning. Amy has some responsibilities there, she would have loved to have been here with us today. Um, Could you turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 as we get started here? Oh, this was one of those things. I'd known I was going to come here for a while. And um, I had some things in mind, but as I prayed, and as I sought the Lord, this story from the Gospels just kept coming to me, and it's real familiar. And sometimes sometimes pastors like to stay away from the super-duper familiar um, stories just because everyone's, so many people are familiar with this. This is one that... Many of you will know the story. I remember it first from Sunday school in Texas. Yeah, everything's bigger and better. Not better, bigger. Um, uh, I'm just a little bitty scrawny thing in Texas, you know, but elsewhere I'm just real big. But um, I remember it on flannel graph. Do you all have that? Flannel, we uh, put the... uh, little pictures of Jesus on this flannel board and they stay up there and the disciples and everything and ours were like mismatched different companies so um like Jesus would be like gigantic in some and there'd be little they just put them all together but this is one that goes all the way back and it's familiar but I I feel like I really believe God kept bringing this back and he said share this at Parker Ford so that's what I'm going to do today and you know whenever we read the Bible we have to ask, what does this say about God? What does it say about me? What does it say about my relationship with God? And what's just the overall abiding principle that we have from this text? And how does this impact my life today? I'm talking about today, November 1st, 2015. What am I going to do with what I read today. So I'm just going to ask God to just bless the reading of his word. I really appreciate Jay praying, and I'm just going to always pray right before I read the word. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you that we can come here this morning and worship you, the true and living God. We're about to read your word. A beautiful event that really happened 
in time and space. And I just want to pray this morning that you'll just open the eyes of our hearts as we look into your word. I pray that even the familiarity of it, it would not block us from hearing from you today. You have something for each person in this room this morning. In fact, you have everything we need. As we humble ourselves, as we recognize our desperate need of you, you tell us that all of heaven is at our disposal. So we want to receive from you this morning. We want to go boldly to the throne of grace and receive grace and help and mercy in our time of need. And we're, we're in a time of need right now. We confess that to you this morning. So we want to thank you for what you're going to do. Help me to get out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus, I'm reading from the NIV, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And so they got into the boat and they set out. Okay, talking about the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a freshwater, large freshwater lake. And as they sailed, uh, he, Jesus fell asleep. A squall, a sudden storm, serious storm just kind of came out of nowhere. He came down upon the lake and so that, that the boat was being swamped and they were in great dangers. The other gospels tell us that the waves were just crashing over the boat. I mean, this was serious business. And here, while this was happening, just think of it. Jesus fell asleep. He's sleeping down on this pillow like a little baby, just sleeping. He's in the stern of the boat, Mark tells us. This is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Meanwhile, the disciples are scared to death. They think this is it. This is the big kahuna. This is what's going to kill us. And so they go to Jesus, and it's kind of interesting what happens here. They kind of rebuke Jesus. There's a little bit of rebuking going on. The disciples went and they woke him up, verse 24, saying, Master, Master, like leader, you're our Lord, you're our Master, you're asleep. (laughs) Master, Master, uh, we're going to drown. We're all about to die here. Jesus, don't you even realize what's happening? Other gospels, or Mark says, don't you even care about what's going on? Isn't that something? Well, Jesus, what did he do? He got up and he rebuked. I can't even believe. He rebuked the wind and the raging waters like it was a person. He just said to the storm, Mark says, he just said, be quiet, peace. Like, be still, shh, shh, stop. And the whole thing stopped. Oh, I would love to have seen that. Sometimes I wonder if in heaven we'll get to see what some of these things looked like when they happened. Total peace, total calm. It was an absolute miracle of Jesus. The storm subsided, all was calm. And then Jesus, he said, where is your faith? He asked the disciples. So now he's, he rebuked the wind and the waves and the storm. Now he's getting after, he's rebuking the disciples. And in fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this 
who commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Who in the world are we hooked up with here in this boat? So what I want to do, how many of you, that's a very familiar story to you. Just raise your hand. Yeah. Let's just analyze it for today. Let's analyze it a little bit and apply this. What's the abiding principle for us? You know, crossing the Sea of Galilee, it's like living a life. You know, I love the song we sang earlier. I haven't sung it in years. Um, I'm trying to think how it went. But he guides me through my day. That's kind of the picture we get here. The Sea of Galilee, crossing the sea, that's like living your life. You know, you start your life, you launch out, you want to make it through successfully. You know there's going to be problems. There's going to be turbulence, whatever. You're born, later on you start to get your consciousness at whatever age, and you just start making your way, tracking through Life, and then you face challenges. You face challenges when you're a little kid. You face different ones. Our Wesley's turning 12 this month. He's, he's changing. He's having different challenges that he's facing that, that are up against him. His mind's developing, you know. He, um, other things are becoming important to him. He's not quite so childish like the other kids. This morning, our dilemma, my little girl said, um, Dad, can I have a Kit Kat from Halloween? And I said, no, that wouldn't be. She said, Dad, like it was Halloween last night. I mean, really, and he's talking. Um, I'm what they call the easy parent. Uh, Amy's not. She's the other. She's the opposite. She's the hard. And then finally, she, I just said, well, okay. You know, I guess, you know, you can have one of those little bitty ones. And she said, we're in love. Which um, I thought when she said that, she overplayed her card. I was like, she just buffaloed me is what she did. <laughs> but they're trading their candy. Um, uh, one of them doesn't like peanuts, so they're down there. And yeah, other things, and our problems, they get bigger. They're more complex. And then there's 17, 18, 19-year-old issues you deal with going into college Entering into adulthood, you know, getting married, all of that, having kids, and then they grow up and leave, and they start their adults' lives, adult lives. And some of you have grandchildren here, and and we all, what we want to do is we want to make it across this life successfully. We don't want it to all fall apart. We don't. We, Another way you could look at the Sea of Galilee is it could be, um, you know, crossing the Sea of Galilee could be like a year. You could be like a year of your life. We're coming toward the end of 2015, trekking along. There's been challenges, haven't there? There have been challenges in 2015. A lot of times we view it as a year and we just think, I'm just ready for this one to be over and we can start the new one, maybe start it fresh. <laughs> we have that. This, that year, 2016, is going to be different. right? It's going to have challenges of its own. And it's going to have its own unique set of storms 
to go through, but you know what? You want to get through the year. You want to get successfully to the other side. I always like to watch on the news programs, they kind of show the year in review and Oh, you remember, oh yeah, this celebrity died and then this happened and some things you forgot and they put it all together and that was kind of um, the sum total of the year. You could look at it in terms of different seasons in your life. Like you navigate through being single or your newly wed years or you're hoping to make it successfully through a particular season or um, you could look at it even as a day. Have you ever done that? You know, I've got some difficulties in this day. I already know about it. I have an awkward meeting with somebody. And I do not want that. I'm not looking forward to it. Or I have test results that I know are going to come in today. And they're going to call me. And it's going to be good or bad. I've got a really important interview for this job. They're going to make a big announcement today. I'm going to find out they're doing layoffs, right? And I need to find out if I made the cut or not, if I get to keep my job. I'm real nervous about that. My in-laws are coming over for dinner, right? Sometimes they can be critical or real passive-aggressive, whatever. If I could just make it through this day. I'll tell you about our day Wednesday. We had the strangest thing happen. Completely full. We had something from 7 in the morning till 10 at night. One of those days. Um, I had to go to this college ministry at her sinus. And um, so we're running around. Amy and I are passing like ships in the night. And um, she had a flat tire during the day. And in her car. So um, we hadn't had a flat in years. So I take it over to Creamery Tires. And um, they get it fixed. They're so fast over there. Just bam. And then you're coming out. And so I'm driving home. And she calls me. And she said, Randy, uh, I had another flat in your car. Can you? She had two flats. I hadn't had a flat since before we had kids. I was like, uh, I don't know if you should be driving quite so much, Amy. But um, no, no, I had let them. This one, I just let them run down, and um, so oh, it, that one I had to replace all the tires and everything. Oh, what a day! And we were laying in bed that night at like almost midnight, and she just, Amy, just sighed and said, "Well, we made it." right? Meaning we made it through this like marathon day with all these challenges we knew were going to be there. And then some ones came out of nowhere, like hitting two flats. I was thinking, what's the Lord trying to tell us? Maybe he's trying to slow us down. I don't know. But life is like that. There's so many things we want to be able to just kind of get to the other side of unscathed still breathing, still having a pulse. And sometimes we can kind of see what lies before us and we have our doubts and we think, well, I don't know that I can do this. I don't really know that I have it in me to keep going. It's too dangerous. I'm too weak. It's just, everything just feels so random right now. There's so many twists and turns. I've just had enough already. 
And so you know, the disciples, they're in this boat going across the Sea of Galilee. They're doing their thing. You know, from the uh, first century, I know Jay's, um, Jay knows about boats. And from the first century, they found um, some of these fishing boats perfectly preserved. And they had rowers on them. And they also had a mast in the middle. They were small. They're not, I always imagined it as like a kind of almost a ship or a great, no, they were small boats, but they had a mast on them um, that allowed them to sail the boat if the weather permitted. That's kind of how life is too. Sometimes, you know, the wind's at your back, the sun's shining, you're just going at a good clip, things are going really well, you're just cutting across and you're not even breaking a sweat and it's wonderful. But then it's not always like that, is it? Sometimes you're trying to go across, the wind's against you, you're not sailing at all, you've got to break out those oars, and sometimes it's so bad, it's like the harder you row, it's like, did I make any progress at all, or am I just kind of still going backward? You ever had times like that in your life? The wind's against you. Circumstances turn against you things are difficult against you people you trusted people that you're really counting on and you relied on they they turned against you or they let you down or they it wasn't what you expected whatever circumstances relationships we can all have things pop into our mind when we think about this and but you've got to keep going across is the thing but man, it's hard. Sometimes it's hot and there's no breeze, there's no wind. It's just hot and sweaty and you're working hard and you're getting blisters and you've just got some kind of trouble that's just agitating your life and it's just there. Um, Or sometimes night falls and it gets freezing cold and you just lose energy and there just seems to be no emotional spark in you anymore and you used to have all this energy and you wanted to do things and you had goals and you're you're going to go at it but now it's just kind of like oh whatever I'm just in this lull if we're honest we all go through stuff like that not only that but we go through some things where there are when we're going across in this life there are totally unexpected turns where like these storms just come out of nowhere and you weren't expecting anything you know the sea of galilee is very low it's not at a very high altitude and there's a lot of warm air that's trapped down there and there are winds that come from the west from the mediterranean sea and they go over this ridge of mountains and that just dips down into where the sea of galilee is uh, which is actually a freshwater lake, and the sea of Gal- that just creates storms like that, just quick. They just crop up out of nowhere, and it's known for its notorious, sudden, powerful storms. They just come from out of nowhere. It seems sometimes when the sun's shining and it's a bright day, and you feel the wind uh, really blowing, you could just see some clouds way back on the horizon. You know, I better get out of here quick. It's gonna and a lot of times you won't even have time to. 
because it comes so, um, so quickly. You're in deep trouble. That's how life is as well sometimes. You ever have that? You ever have something just come out of nowhere? And you're like, what in the world is happening emotionally, physically, financially, relationally? Oh, my friend Paul, he's one of my dear friends. Uh, he texted me a uh, week before last, and he just said, I just got laid off today. He had a great job. They're in the middle of moving. They're settling on a house. It was it's just, and it came out of nowhere. And then the next week, this last week, he texted me with a picture of his car, his uh, new Honda Accord, and it's on four blocks and he said, the hits keep coming. Somebody in the middle of the night, he parked outside. Someone in the middle of the night stole his tires and rims. It just, isn't that something? And now he's just like, what? Like, and that was just kind of like the icing on the cake of two really bad weeks. Losing your job's way worse. But out of nowhere, no warnings. The sun's shining. Things are going really great. But then just suddenly the winds start howling and just like in this story, waves are just begin to crash over the boat and you're just scared to death. You don't know what to do. And it's the stuff of life, this life. Well, this storm that they were in on the Sea of Galilee, it was so severe and so seemingly life-threatening that um, here they're waking up Jesus who's mysteriously asleep. I've... That's always so weird to me. He's just sleeping and they're thinking that they're going to die. By the way, these weren't novice fishermen. or These weren't just people out on the boat, you know, for one day or whatever. No, they're um, experienced. That was their livelihood. James, John, Peter, Andrew, they earned their living being fishermen. And they knew all about this stuff and they knew, oh man, (laughs) this one's bad. This isn't some garden variety. This one's bad. This is the big one. We're not going to make it out of this one alive. You ever have something just so big, so unexpected? About a month in after we started Abundant Life, um, this was a Sunday. And um, yeah, it was exactly a month after we started. And I got home. That was... I left my cell phone at the house as both when we both just had one. Remember those days? <laughs> I go home and it said 27 missed calls. And I'm like, what? And so before I could even call, and I said it was my dad. And he said, call me, call me. He texted. And then uh, I got a hold of him and he shared with me the hard news that my brother, my younger brother, Danny, had died. And it was it was the day that I was like commissioned as the pastor of Abundant Life, and it was this like wonderful day. And I just happened to leave my phone. They couldn't find me, you know. They're trying to locate me with, and yeah, that was the most shocking thing. I didn't know I could hurt that bad. I could have, I could feel pain in a part of my heart that I never had felt pain before. And for years after that, I would just, sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, did that really happen? Is Danny, he's my younger brother, he was only 27, just died in his sleep. 
what's going to become of his wife? What's going to become of Sarah Marie, the little girl, who's our Wesley's age? Um, and I'd wake up and say, did he really go? He's really not here anymore. How can I go on? That was the feeling. We have a close friend of the family. His name's Kurt. Years ago, he was engaged to a wonderful lady named Carol. Week before they got married, they're having a big picnic celebration. He dove off the uh, he dove off the dock um, in this pond, and he didn't know his cousin was swimming out from under the pond. And he dove in and bent his head back and broke his neck. They had to sever his spine. It's quadriplegic, just out of nowhere. It's one of those, these are like the big ones, right? And he had to go to. McGee rehabilitation in Philadelphia for a year and they didn't know that they were going to get married they ended up getting married they have a wonderful family but you know when you're in the middle of one of these things and you don't know what to do and you're taken on water and it feels just like this whole thing is about to sink and it's hopeless and it's pointless and you're just like uh, I don't know that I can go on so I kind of think we get the picture so far The disciples are waking him up, waking him up. Jesus, don't you even care? Don't you even care about what's going to happen to us? And Jesus, he stands up. He does what he does. He calms everything down. This miracle is called one of the attesting signs. It's one of the divine signs of who Jesus was. In other words, you know, during his ministry, Jesus, he did some things so that God could tell the world, this is my son who's unlike any person, he's unlike any baby that was ever born, unlike any man that ever lived. Jesus walked on water. Jesus took five fish, five loaves and two fish, and he fed uh, thousands of people. He did things that no other person could ever do. And one of the things that he could do is he spoke to nature. And even his disciples who could speak in his name all throughout church history, throughout history, you find them and you see the miraculous happening. You don't find them speaking to the winds and the waves and telling them to calm down. The Apostle Paul was in a lot of ship was in a shipwreck and had a lot of problems with the elements. You didn't see him saying, shh, stop, don't do that. No, but Jesus did because he's Jesus, right? He's the son of the living God. And so they say, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus rebuked them for their faith. He said, don't you have any faith? He, he wasn't rebuking them because... They didn't speak to the winds in Jesus' name or anything like that. But what he was saying to them, I believe, in this moment, I think he kind of wants to say this to us today, was how in the world can you be afraid of dying? When I told you that we're going to the other side, we're going to go to the other side. When I told you when we launched off, we're going to cross the Sea of Galilee. My friend, 
we're going to cross the Sea of Galilee. And we're going to get to where I told you we were going to get to. We're not going to go down. We're going to go over. We're going to make it to the other side. I think that's a lesson of this story for all of us is that, you know, what Jesus was rebuking was their lack of trusting in him and trusting in his word. And what he said, he said, men, when I told, when, when I told you, I, I've already told you what we were going to do. We're going to go to the other side. Do you think after I told you that and I declared that we were going to cross over that we were going to drown here in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? I mean, really? Do you think one day John 3.16 is going to say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that he would drown in the Sea of Galilee with a bunch of disciples? It ain't going to happen. Because of some storm that comes up? We'll we'll end up where I said we would. Because I'm Jesus, the son of the living God. And what I start in your life, he says to us, I will finish. And if I could say this without sounding too cliche this morning, when Jesus is in your boat, it isn't going to go down. Okay? It's not going to go under. It won't capsize. He's not going to let you slip through the cracks. There's going to be challenges. There are going to be storms. There's going to be things that come up from out of nowhere and they're no fun. We're in this world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And I want to tell you this morning that because of Jesus Christ and because of your faith in him, you're going to make it. You're going to make it to the destination that he has for you. How many of you believe that this morning? We believe him. We believe he's the Christ, son of the living God. And we believe that we're going to make it. And we're not going to like question, oh Jesus, are you going to have us die? What's going to happen? That kind of reminded me as I was reading through this of Martha, who, um, you know, remember Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they were good friends of Jesus, and Lazarus dies, um, Mary Martha's brother, and then they send for Jesus and he didn't come right away, and they kind of rebuked Jesus a little bit when he finally came. And remember Martha's out, they're just waiting for him, and Jesus comes finally. Lazarus has been dead for three days. His body was already decomposing. And Jesus told Martha, Martha, your brother will rise again. And you can almost hear the kind of the rolling of the eyes with Martha. She says, I know, Jesus, I know. In the last day at the resurrection, and he said, Martha, you know, Martha had a doctrine about the resurrection doctrine so important. But he said, Martha, this isn't just some teaching. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He said, it's me. You don't believe. Christianity isn't just we just believe some doctrine. We believe and we trust the living person of Jesus Christ who's alive today in his resurrection body. Christianity is a relationship, a communion with the living Jesus Christ. And you know what? You can look at the winds and the waves of the situation that you're currently in. And you know what? When that's your focus and when you're just all enamored with the problem, that can unnerve the best of us. But what you have to do, what you and I have to do is we have to reach out to Jesus tie a knot, and we hang on tight. Because he's Jesus. And we're going to trust him, and I'm going to believe he who began a good work in Randy Mullins and then Jay Deering, Josh Hostetter, will be faithful to complete it. What he starts, he finishes. And he says, do you believe me? God's plan for your life, nothing can break it, nothing can violate it, nothing can throw it off as long as Jesus is in the boat of your life. (laughs) And we're trusting in him. As long as we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. You remember the disciples were in a boat another time. Jesus was walking on the water. Everyone got afraid. They saw him. They thought, what is that? Is that a ghost? What's going on out there? Peter, a lot of times we're real critical of Peter. He had this spark of faith and he called out. He said, Jesus, is that you call me to come and join you? And Jesus invited him to come to him. Peter starts walking on the water. We all know this story too. Randy's pulling out the real familiar ones today, right? (laughs) But the Bible says as Peter got close to Jesus, He actually was walking on the water. And as he got close to Jesus, he started going down. And he, you know why he started to go down? He said, oh, wow. <laughs> Look at these waves. They're kind of coming in. Look, feel that, feel that wind. And he started looking all around him. And the moment in, he started doing that, he started to go down fast, didn't he? And he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached down and pulled him right back up. Haven't we had times like that? Oh, boy, I know I have. How many of you are like me? You've had times in your life where you get your eyes off Jesus, you put them on your circumstances, and it just starts, it just feels like I'm in a free fall. It's just all going down. And so Jesus, I want to kind of end with this today. Jesus, he's beckoning us, right? He's asking this question that just echoes, I think. It should echo in our hearts. Do you believe me? Do you really believe I'm the resurrection and the life? Do you really believe Jesus when he said he has overcome the world? Do we really believe that he's never going to leave us and he'll never forsake us until that day when we see him? And, well, and he won't then, we'll be with him then. Do we really believe that nothing can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. 
Do you and I really believe that his grace is sufficient and that his strength is made perfect in our weakness? Do we believe that he'll meet all of our needs, every one of them, according to his glorious riches? That he's your shepherd and my shepherd. And that even though we walk through the valley sometimes, our future is secure. You know what our future is? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Do we believe that? Not like Martha kind of did at first. Oh, yeah, I believe in the last. No, no, no. Not this settled doctrine. Okay, as important as that is. Do we believe the person of Jesus Christ and what he said? And that one day we're going to see him face to face. And he's going to wipe away all of our tears. I'm afraid Christianity just in our country, our culture, we've kind of put heaven away a little bit. We don't like to talk about that as much. I love to think about heaven. So many precious people to me are there. The most precious one, Jesus. And he's going to make it all right. And he's going to, it's just all going to be perfect. Thank God for Jesus Christ. That whatever happens, they bomb us right now when I'm talking. They hit the power plant or whatever. Those that have trusted in Jesus, they're going to be immediately taken away into the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to some of you this morning. Maybe you're here right now and maybe you're hanging by a thread and you're really struggling and you're in a situation in your life and it's deteriorating. I want to tell you, don't throw in the towel. Don't lose hope. Don't panic. Don't let that become a world in and of itself. He wants you to give that to him. Take your burden. There used to be an old hymn. um, Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. My granny, who's in heaven now, would sing that. um, She said when she was a little girl, um, she thought that meant take your bird a little bird unto the Lord and leave it there. <laughs> she said, oh, it means so, something so much greater. Be anxious for nothing. For nothing. But in everything we give it to him. We lay it in his, I just picture it as laying it down in his lap and say, you're going to guide me through this day as we sung today. We sung it Will we believe it. You know what, anybody can believe and when things are going great, but it's when things are going downhill. <laughs> That's when you dig in your feet and you say, I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in what the promises that he's made. I believe that God's going to get glory out of this such situation. Otherwise, what happens is we take matters into our own hands. And that's always a mess and it always hurts us and other people. We just bow our heads right now. I just want to say right now, just as our eyes are closed, if you're in the middle of something this morning,
you re- are really struggling with something. It could be unforgiveness. It could be some of these things we've talked about, just various storms that happen. Maybe it's a big one that you're facing like right now. And maybe you think, well, it's over or there's no good ending to this. I want to tell you on the authority of the word of God, don't listen to that lie. That's from the devil. Jesus is here right now. His spirit is here. He has a purpose he has a plan for your life. Those are That's just not some Christian, just some cliche. It is true. He has a unique plan. He is taking you somewhere. Ultimately, it's to be with him. He's gone to prepare a place for you already so that we can be there with him someday. But he has a journey that he's taking to you on. He's taking you on. He has beauty that he's going to bring out of this horrible situation if you're in one. He's taking you somewhere. My friend, please don't let past defeats paralyze you. Your past sin that he's already covered paralyze you. Don't let what people say, don't let fear just stop you in your tracks. Believe in what he said. He said, just like he did to those disciples, we're going to go to the other side. Will you trust me today? Will you, will Parker Ford, will you, will you all who I love so much trust me and believe me that I'm walking with you through this? My life belongs to him. It isn't mine to micromanage and just do what I want. If he died on the cross for me to set me free, I'm all his. And I trust in him today. Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life or control their life or cling to their life, keep their life, all these things that we want to do will lose it. But whoever loses and hands over and gives back their life to me is going to find it. And I want to ask you this morning, if God's putting his finger on something in your life and you're feeling like he's speaking to you today with, while our eyes are closed, including mine, would you just lift up your hand right now? If he's put his finger on something in your life, just lift it up. In your heart, would you just say this to him? It's yours, God. It is yours. I'm giving it to you. I'm taking my burden there and I'm trusting you to guide me right now through this. My life is yours. Everything that I have belongs to you, Jesus. I'm not going to try to own it all anymore. Just, just, just whisper to God where you are. Just say, God, my life belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My future, my career, the storm that I am in right now, you are going to guide me. You're my guide. You're the master of the seas. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Father God, I want to thank you for this time we've had this morning. Just end your word. I want to thank you for every person that's in this room. Thank you how you've 
spoken to us today. And I want to pray right now that each one of us would just reach out to you, Lord Jesus. Whether we need to confess or just reaffirm our trust in you that you will work it out. You work out all things together for good to those who love you. We believe that today. We believe you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We want to thank you this morning and we'll ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.